0: Welcome, everyone, to the Enter the Vortex podcast with Carol and Erin, where we share our experiences and opinions on the metaphysical and physical aspects of life as we know it. Hello, friend. Hello, friend. <laughs> In <been> a week. <laughs> oh, it is, it feels really weird. Um, and I think we mentioned this together, um, or to each other earlier, but like, I feel like I've missed all of February. Like, I, I i'm sitting here and it's like february 26th and i'm like where the hell did my february go i
1: think we were talking in the week of valentine's day where i said dude february's already over and you were like (laughs) eyeballs bulging
0: i realized i was like what yeah i like all of february is just missing for me
1: yeah Um, do you think, do you think what's happened so far in January and February is just, like, the previews of the world movie of
0: 2022? I fucking hope not. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe we're just trying to, like, squish all of the rest of the Akashics that need to come up to get cleared in the first, like, quarter of the year. Like
1: binge-watching a Netflix episode?
0: Like, Okay, so I'm looking at the amount of snow we have, right? And yes. I'm thinking to myself, interesting. So I know down down south, being like you know, North and South Dakota, they've gotten a whole swamp load of snow as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, I've seen that graph that says like, you know, we've had more snowfall, more. Sn- I think we're the top third um, of that graph that said we have had more snowfall than the than when we did when we had the flood of the century in the '97, right? Yeah, so I've had seen that more graph. Snow in the f- this year than we have when we had the 96 97 um snowfall that led up to the fall or the 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 flood That's of 97 it's... right yep so I'm thinking I'm like uh-huh and then I know you and I have both joked about that bridge that they've built over the floodway oh, and how tall yes. it is
1: yes it's like an additional six to eight feet higher than the original bridge I believe yeah which like curious
0: timing Curious. And they rushed that. That was fast. It's okay. Cause the, I drive that way to work all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And that bridge had been broken for probably three years before they got any company to touch it. And then they put it up in like a season. Well, it yep. wasn't really a season. It was about a year, but yes, like yeah. I'm impressed, but also very suspicious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like if we get some massive flood to the point where like you know we have a new flood of the century I'm like I I don't want to be gloating and say I told you so but I'm kind of like to make sure I'm not in a floodplain somewhere
1: (laughs) you know what else I find interesting about that construction Mm -hmm. is that when you're driving back uh southbound into the into the city of Winnipeg if you look to your right you can see the the banks of the floodway and they have actually hauled a fair amount of like De- well mud and debris and whatnot and i don't know if it's because they have built up a platform for the heavy machinery or if they've actually tried to kind of alter the banks a little bit mm. um so it, it's like there's like this interesting drop off where you can see that they've like re reorganized the the natural like because it used to be a very bow flat shaped um area and now it's a very sharp drop off in the, and the the side of it is also much much higher so it's, it's it's just curious to me and i also find it interesting like i do understand that our premier at the time was really rapidly trying to get things done while he was still in office before he resigned um but also at the provincial park where we go for our hikes there was a lot of construction happening as well and in particular my favorite trail has a new uh, boardwalk above the bog area so that you're no longer having to walk through the bog. And I just kind of thought, well, isn't that curious that they got the bog trail completed and the floodway completed? Like, we have had a really dry year, so there's a good chance that we are not ending up flooded only because the ground has been so parched. But what if there was a flood? And what if it was like, you know, I don't know if I believe in coincidences, but it seems a little convenient that these things got... (laughs) <laughs> expedited so quickly um you know it's, it's like it's fun to it's fun to toy with that idea that that they know something that we don't
0: well and it's it's interesting too because yes we had such a dry year we were in a drought but yeah. we got a lot of rain or precipitation in the early or the, the like the later fall into the winter so the ground got really soggy in the like the very yeah. closer to when we froze And then I can't remember who it was that was saying this, but the frost level, um, is actually really deep this year. So it's going to take some time for that to actually thaw out. And when that happens, the runoff, yeah, there's not much that the, you know, that the ground can absorb because of that. Mm -hmm. So it's very fascinating. I I don't know. Maybe, maybe we can say like, it's the farmer's almanac and blah, 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 because that shit is like, I don't know, maybe they have psychics planning that farmer's almanac because they usually nail it pretty good, but it's just like, is it, or is there something else going on?
1: (laughs) Well, if you wanted to dive down the climate, um, not climate change, because I'm not going to lie, I don't buy into that shit. I studied meteorology in university and geography and geomorphology, the earth goes in cycles so i'm just going to scientifically call bullshit on climate change because it's not climate change it's a climate cycle and we need to recognize that these things are naturally occurring um perhaps actual science might jump on that bandwagon and and get their shit together in the next couple of years and recognize that just kidding it's not climate change the earth naturally does this because because they will but we'll see um (laughs) climate change oh right chemtrails the chemtrail conspiracy fact ish because i've physically seen crisscross like hashtag patterns in the sky and i don't think that's naturally occurring um right and like the idea of cloud seeding is not new um but it is curious what they're using for it and what the purpose is and i mean there is some value in playing around with the weather a little bit because ultimately they, I mean, if Winnipeg was hit with uh, an F5 tornado, it would be very devastating. Mm -hmm. And I do understand a little bit off course so that it's not gonna hit a major metropolitan area. That is the original intention for it. However, a fair amount of people have taken it into this very nefarious spin on things. And it's like, well, mm, can we also pull back from the conspiracy that, you know, everyone wants you dead because we're all gonna die someday. Um, and that people are out there planning and conspiring against human life and all this. It's like, well, let's, let's ditch that nonsense and bring it back to what's also positive about these things and weather manipulation. Like this has been, this has been an experiment for at least 20 years in my knowledge. Like when I, when I was first in university studying that stuff, which would have been in like early 2000, we were already talking about this stuff. It wasn't a conspiracy. This is literally what we were learning about and the benefits of it. So rather than making everything wrong for what they're doing, let's take a look at how it can be helpful. But then what happens if we go too far with the, with the cloud manipulation and then we end up with major torrential rains hitting an area that necessarily isn't prepared for it? I don't know that I love the idea of messing with mother earth in that way um, because if those things were to stop happening And Mother Earth needs to go back to her version of homeostasis. What is that going to look like? Is she going to start shit in a couple of months in the world? And like, we're already starting to see the ring of fire, a volcano activity increasing. Uh, There's a really good chance that Yosemite is going to blow sometime in our lifetime, just because historically it hasn't for a while and they're starting to see more activity you know, and if people are actually watching how the tectonic plates move and following the graphs that are readily available on the internet to see the activity that increases and decreases, like, there is a good chance that Mother Earth is going to shake some stuff up. And if you want to jump on the, like, what's next in in the biblical prophecies, like, we're about time for some flooding to happen because we've had the plague, we're in war energy, even though that stuff is dying out. And what comes next? Right? So, you can choose whatever rabbit hole you want to go down but it's it's fun to joke about those things but also be curious about those things Mm
0: -hmm. well and it's interesting too because uh, going back to that conversation about like I feel like this is the world's like Akashics coming up to like you know in the last little while Um, if we look back in the early 1900s right we had the 1912 Spanish flu plague, not plague, but whatever Spanish flu, which like Mm. totally, totally horrible. Right. And then what happened after that? Well, we had world war one, 1914. Right. And then what happened after that? Well, then we had the roaring twenties, but that only lasted for a little bit of time, you know, and then we had the great depression in the 1930s Mm -hmm. and we went back into war. So I'm sitting here thinking, all right, so where's the economic crash coming you know what i mean we're already yeah, yeah. starting to see shifts in the way that the banking systems coming and i mean i don't like i don't begin to be a guru of like bitcoin and cryptocurrencies that is not my jam i kind of get it but i kind of don't really get it but i see I see threads of that. Like I see there's a reason as to why you might want to start investing in that stuff or should have been investing in it for a very long time. Um, and like maybe finding ways to get into that in the ways that you can. Cause I feel like that might play a role in the financial crisis that we might be having in the next, like this feels very Nostradamus, like doom and gloom kind of thing like when are we gonna see the next antichrist that's gonna be fun time too (laughs) right like (laughs) is it
1: gonna be one or is it gonna be many
0: I don't know maybe it's a group and it's not really just a single
1: that's a possibility I'm getting flashed like Harry Potter and Voldemort and the horcrux the idea of splitting your soul off so that you can sustain which i find interesting actually because i've also kind of thought about this like in terms of galactic timelines like what if your soul existence is really only in existence because you have split yourself off in enough different avatars on different planets and different universal systems that that keeps you going so that you can always come back but if you actually came back to source do you just get absorbed into source do you still exist as a singular soul Do you need to split your soul off into different avatars, one being human, maybe one being Pleiadian, one being Arcturian, one being whatever, you know, or, or like I mean I could be wrong about all of this too, but then at a human level, if we're also fragmenting off our human soul. We often, in my work anyway, and like shamanic journey and whatnot, we often do these practices of calling back the soul to self, right? Like doing a soul retrieval process or a ceremony. And if you've given away an aspect of self in human form because of something traumatic or whatever, physical injury, emotional injury, yada, yada, like we disassociate and we've kind of cast an aspect of self off. Like we'd want to call that back. It's almost like as in a human form, we have the opposite effect as, as what, The thing with the Voldemort, right? Because like he he kept aspects of himself split apart so that he could sustain life. Mm -hmm. But what would have happened to him if he called all of his pieces back to him because of one of those pieces was Harry?
0: Yeah. Hmm. Interesting.
1: I see some very interesting parallels and and like curiosities within that film series.
0: Yeah, actually. Um,
1: about quantum energy healing and like soul, the soul level like ma- magic, style, like actual magic, like it'd be really cool to be able to to like use a wand and move things around the way that they did and, and cast spells in that way. But it's it's a little different, I think, from a human perspective. But Hollywood sure knows how to make it um, enticing.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know personally. I think if I was going to do magic, I'd rather just be able to control things with my mind and be able to move things without having to have a wand, but you know yeah because like the, the wand kind of feels like a weakness right you take the wand away you can't really do anything you take mm-hmm. the mouth away you can't speak the word you can't speak the spell you can't move right? true
1: yes that's true and it, it's also interesting now well, let's dive into harry potter a little bit like thinking about the way that voldemort's mouth was also And he didn't, like, he was kind of devoid of human features. He looked more reptilian, which you could take that on a tangent if you wished or not. But I don't want to make all reptilian energy negative because I don't think that they are.
0: Yeah, I don't Um, believe that.
1: um, I almost wonder if the idea of reptilians being negative is actually just a mask to hide a different collective that's kind of using the reptilians, not necessarily Mm -hmm. at their will either. As their minions in a way, but I could be wrong about that.
0: I could and see that. I can follow that, thread
1: It's a possibility anyway. Obviously, anything's possible. But the symbolism between Harry Potter also and like the Dementors to me reminds me a bit of demonic energy. Um, probably on the really far-end spectrum polarity of what a demonic might be. Um, I've I've personally witnessed energy like that disapparating out of a space when I've done clearing, like I've also done clearing on my own body where I've seen like, that smoky black energy, like, clearing and leaving the area, which is really, really cool, and not as freaky as I thought it would be. Um, so I wonder what else, like, it would be really cool. I, I do think it would be cool to manipulate the weather, and this is, like, my Marvel character kind of, um, or, like, Mortal Kombat games, like, those different little, like, magical, um, yeah abilities that the characters had like I really do think that a lot of that stuff comes from some kind of folklore myth or actual cultural um history that you know it sounds so far-fetched because the current human condition doesn't really understand or believe or that it actually could happen but you can manipulate things with your mind because mind control is a thing telekinesis is a thing so it's really just that we as humans I think are not as well practiced or as well disciplined and we also don't believe in it enough for it to actually work for us
0: yeah it's I think it's the belief part that is the I guess biggest crux to that right like if you it's often said like if you believe it you can achieve it mm-hmm. um and I'm not going to say like go and jump off the building and say I can fly because right fly. Chance- <laughs> You're not going to. You gotta work on the belief. And it I think at this point too, it's such a such a strongly held belief that humans cannot levitate or humans cannot fly. That it's or like if an, they
1: are, it's wrong. It's a wrongness.
0: Right. So it, that's you're like overriding like ancestral beliefs and societal beliefs and personal beliefs and historic beliefs and you know every level of belief possible, right? Um, it actually reminds me of something that is, um, that I heard about in, um, Theta Healing. So when I was taking my Theta Healing training, I did the basic and the advanced. Um, and so when you get up to the teacher level, which I don't even ask me there's, that's a whole nother like mystery school level hierarchy thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't like it. Um, but yeah, like when you get up to that teacher level, they like, um, The, the lady who runs theta healing, she actually puts on these, these courses and they're like so expensive. Um, but that's one of the things that she does. She works on the belief of telekinesis and they actually move things. And like, this is my, this was my teacher telling me about this, but I'm just like, that sounds so cool. But of course my, my brain and my soul go, that's so cool. And then the next thought is that can never happen that's got to be wrong
1: so is that because you're actually layered within akashic where we were made wrong for using this magic because in anywhere like it could be used for good or bad and the intention is important and so there was either some kind of oath or vow or curse work done to prevent us from continuing with that knowledge
0: yeah i don't know right interesting to explore. Um, Mm -hmm. the other thing too, that I was going to say with that is like, I know that like people have experienced miracles, miracles in the sense that, um, sorry, I'm going to back up there. Find it funny that I went miracles when I'm talking about things that have actually like, I won't say scientifically have been documented because I don't know if they have been scientifically documented. Right but I'm already lensing it in a way that I'm disproving or disbelieving of what has happened. Anyways, so I'm I'm going to delete that. Um, (laughs) But there are people out there who talk about miracles that have happened in their lives, right? Like Mm -hmm. where they've miraculously healed from some sort of cancer or illness, um, like instantaneous, instantaneously. Um, And I know that even in Reiki, when I was taking my Reiki, um, I don't remember which level it was, but we watched a video of all these monks who were chanting and sending Reiki energy into this person who was, um, uh, I can't remember if it was an ultrasound or a CT scan or something, but they had some sort of scan that showed the tumor that they were working on. And it literally was shrinking before your eyes to the point where it was gone. And I mean, I saw that but my brain still went, cool, I can't do that. Interesting. Very interesting. So why is it that we disqualify that? And I mean, maybe it's just because I haven't experienced that in my lifetime, but there's that level of, if I don't believe I can do it, I will never achieve it. You know, or if I do happen to be able to do that, will I even believe that I did?
1: Right. Cause they, these events and miracles tend to be fleeting and they're not and I guess that's why they are a miracle, right? Because it's the same thing as you don't have Christmas 365 days of the year because it loses its 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 impact, I guess. Mm-hmm. Thinking of the Elmo mm-hmm. Elmo's Christmas <laughs> cartoon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but I think too, like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a level of healing. Like, I mean, you and I, I mean, not that we've Necessarily witnessed miracles, but I know I've witnessed and experienced in my own body like instantaneous healing of like chronic issues that I've had. Right. Like I've been struggling with my hip for a little while now. And like, um, I did a session with my mentor for decodes, and lo and behold, like I was aching before I went into that session. When I got up off the floor after doing that session, it was fine. And it stayed that way for a good, like I get twings of it every now and again, but it catches me and I go, okay, what was I just thinking? What was I like? What energy was I just holding on to? Okay, cool. Cleared it done back to normal, like not normal, but back to like healed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's possible, why can't we have the more miraculous healing of like instantaneously healing from cancer? And is that our normal like, would that be our normal human state? Or is that, like, I wonder if, like, if we tore apart the way that we believe in society right now mm-hmm. and what we've kind of come away, because we've moved so far from nature that we've moved into our own, like, bubble of, I don't know, technology and stuff like that. So if we returned back to nature, would be, me, would we be more on that level of being able to achieve instantaneous healing and prolonged life than we have now. Hmm.
1: That makes me want to ask what role Gaia actually has in our healing and what is the value in us becoming so compartmentalized and disconnected from her and from the earth plant medicines that are available to us and that community village, you know, aspect of healing and like the more shamanic styles of community healing other than obviously capitalism. Um, but like, what is the value in, or what was the purpose of separating us from all of that? Because I have a really hard time believing that humans came to planet, this planet to to live in squalor, to live in war, to live in poverty, to live in sickness, to live in all of this like negative... Like fight or flight causing behaviors like to me I think society would actually far benefit benefit more and have such greater innovations if we could drop our chains and shackles and yet there seems to be this layer still which I think is playing out in real time of where we're starting to see those layers of shackles being cleared and like it doesn't make sense to me For example, take big pharma. They make a business off you staying sick because they always have the remedy to mitigate your symptoms, but they don't have the quote unquote remedy to cure you because a cured patient is no longer a customer. That's like the general idea around that. However, why is it so challenging for big pharma to instead look at maintaining the earth and, and environments where the mycelium network can thrive? so that we can get the medicines that we need when we need them so that this human can thrive and not be in a a negative mindset, not be an illness, not be in all of this. Like how much innovation are we blocking because humans are so busy in survival mode rather than in thrival mode. And I do think that we're going to see a shift of that. um, And I do think we're going to see a shift of innovation, but I don't know that it's going to be physical or industrial or even technological. I think it might actually just be human innovation.
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: I think there's actually even greater value and the potential for a bigger profit to be like not to like patent mother nature because I'm not an advocate for that at all and in fact I think it's a good thing that you can't do that yeah um but why not I guess stop the overproduction of cheap fabrics cheap clothing industry cheap plastics cheap all of this other stuff and let's take a look at what actually is going to work to live sustainably on this planet and in communion with the planet. I do think that there is still so much potential for there to be profit and innovation there that these pharma companies, as just as one example, could pivot their bottom line and their business to away from the chemical and the recreated medicines into the more natural stuff to make it readily available for people because if we're coming at it from a, a place of actually wanting others to heal and thrive. Well, if I'm thriving, I'm going to spend more money. If I have mm-hmm. more money, I can spend more money. So why can't I spend it on things that are actually going to help humanity rather than hold them back? You know, like it doesn't make sense to me to be driven by greed and profit and without like and leave the human behind and leave the other sentient beings on this planet behind. It just I have a really hard time wrapping my head around why that is still a thing, which I think is why we're kind of seeing the destruction that's happening right now energetically.
0: Yeah, and I've feel like there's an element of the more divided the easier to control
1: but what's the purpose like to me it still doesn't make sense to me like I get that but that what really like I don't see the value in trying to control others I guess because I think we're leaving a lot on the table I think that you would likely get a lot more people to jump on the bandwagon if it didn't feel like it was fear and control but if it was actually positive and helpful and and in favor of sustaining a beautiful life. But -hmm. that's just like my, like my bias, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I hear that. And it's, it's interesting, because yeah, I don't, I don't know why Mm -hmm. that is the way it is. Like, I just feel like there's some sort of, and I mean, like, this isn't to just um, trivialize anything that's going on in the earth right now. Um, But I just kind of feel like there's more nefarious beings at play and that they have kind of come to earth to maybe like mess around and just like do whatever they want in essence like I don't know like I don't think it's has anything more of a purpose other than like because we can like that's just kind of accurate to me you know what I mean like
1: yeah just because we can yeah like true
0: If you think about like how we've heard like the whole um purpose, not the whole purpose, but like the um the original blueprint of Earth, right? It was to have a whole bunch of galactic collectives come together in a single human avatar. Not single human avatar, that would be very noisy. (laughs) (laughs) But in a single avatar that was, you know, easily duplicatable and like identifiable, but shared many characteristics you know, as opposed to, if you look at all the different galactic collectives out there, like you've got like dolphin beings, you've got amphibious beings, you've got reptiles, you've got the seraphim, you've got antarphans, like there's many different collectives out there and all of them are, well, I don't want to say all of them are different, but many of them have very different skills and different, um, you know, uh, just lots of different changes and characteristics and things like that. So if you were to all come to one place and inhabit bodies that all physically looked similar and you were kind of um kind of limited i'll use the word limited in bodies that had certain physical limitations then you could come together and not be looking at like you know you're an Arcturian or you're a Palladian or Oh, look at you. You're, you know, a, a whale being from, you know, what is it? Orion, I think. Um, yeah.
1: It's like I kind of look at the human body as a way to um, I don't I think of the right words here, a way to merge information because mm-hmm. I can't communicate as a human, I can't communicate with a whale. No. But if that whale has an extension off in another galactic timeline that is also a whale but they come back down to earth to beam their codes through a human avatar that human avatar and my human avatar can have a conversation we can energetically share codes and transfer that information back and i understand that i guess having information can be threatening Mm -hmm. because knowledge is power we've always i mean i come from an education background literally that's our kind of our mantra right like knowledge is power yeah and yet the control of knowledge is also power and And i feel like that's the part that's been hijacked correct and so if we lost or not lost but let go of the need to control and also let go of the need to make things right and wrong what else can be brought forth it's kind of how i I would like to see the world i guess shift which again is back towards that original blueprint right
0: Mm -hmm. yeah No, very, very true. And it's, I think it's very interesting to note kind of like, I don't know, like I I haven't fully tracked into where that got disjointed, but I feel like there was some sort of like, the way I'm seeing it is almost like going along on a track and then something just came in and was like, whoop, dropped you onto another track Mm -hmm. where we lost that blueprint.
1: Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I can kind of feel into that. That does like a possibility but then that like to me that's kind of how i would describe a quantum jump right so can we jump back do we want to jump back you know and i wish more humans were really good at uh, tracking forward trajectories and kind of filling out which one is the best but again that's also subjective because what's good for me today may not be good for me tomorrow
0: yeah and what's good for me may not be good for you that's right right and i think that's why when it comes to truth testing The I don't want to say like the ultimate truth, but essentially the person who's doing the truth testing is the one who has the truth, right? Because it's true for me, not necessarily true for you. That's why whenever I'm doing, you know, when we do things and I'm like, okay, I feel into this and I feel like this is the true answer, true Mm -hmm. answer. And then I bounce it to you and you're like, "Ah, that doesn't land. It's like, okay, so where's that disconnect? Where did that, you know, why is it true for me, but not for you? Like, where did that come from? you know what i
1: mean i do and that kind of brings me up to the idea of like censorship and cancel culture in a way um because like humans are not necessarily the greatest at discerning what's going on and i'm not perfect either like and i and yet i've immersed myself in the last two years in a practice of discernment but i still have people like especially in our group of like our classmates when we're we're tracking into things like i might have bought into a story so much that i believe it to be true for me and then when someone says i call bullshit, bro and i'm like i'm hit with that emotional resonance of it that i was like holy crap i didn't even realize how much of this story i have bought as as truth mm-hmm. and then to bring yourself out of that and to flip into the observer mode like humans are not really great at that but I had this conversation on Instagram with, um, I follow so many different new news, um, independent news, um, uh, accounts right now. And this one person in particular was talking about something regarding, um, defunding at a, a government level, defunding, um, media, which I'm on board with, because I think that, I actually don't think my taxpayer dollars should be going to the media i think that independence allows for a, a more breadth of, of information to come forth yeah um, but i said can we also make it illegal because well, what he was saying was can we make it illegal for governments to contribute to, to media in any way shape or form financially And i was like i like that idea but can we also make it illegal for them to, to for the media to lie and he said his response was that's a slippery slope because we don't want to leave the control in any one person, entity or being to determine what is truth or a lie. And I kind of thought to myself, well, that's interesting, but I still disagree to some extent, because I do think that there needs to be a level of accountability in what is being put out into the world. Mm -hmm. And I, I do agree that it should not be You know, one sole entity deciding what is true and what isn't truth because fact checkers are already trying to do that, and they've made a mockery of. Like, I'm at the point where if it's fact checked, it's probably true. Like, because they've just made it such an abomination of what is fact and what isn't, because they're not actually based on any facts. It's they've fully admitted that it's based on opinion on social media. Any fact check is based on opinion; it's not based on actual truth. Mm -hmm. So, and. I don't necessarily need to see a bunch of talking heads deciding what is truth and what is a lie. But I do think that we need to hold some kind of a level of standard and of accountability for those journalists out there, whether they're government funded media or not, to be providing people with information that is unbiased. Rather than maybe this is the key here, not so much that it has to be truth or a lie, but that it has to be unbiased information Mm -hmm. and then allowing humans to decide for themselves. Is this true? Is this not? But then, also maybe encouraging people to seek out more than one source of information. Don't just get hooked on all all things CBC and think that everything that they say is word is bond. When there's a million other private accounts out there that are showing you live footage of the exact same event, that are telling you something different than what the television is telling you.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I hear that, and I. I mean, I kind of see where that person's coming from in terms of like it being a slippery slope, but. Mm-hmm didn't we also, I remember you talking about something about media and not having to tell the truth per se, so they can just make up stories. And I think that's where you were coming from is like, I don't want to see someone, you know, I don't want to see a story come up in the newspaper that like, um, you know, the Yetis are invading from the Himalayas and we need to start giving back the pink Himalayan salt because they're mad at us or, you know, something, right? Like,
1: (laughs) not that far reaching based on the headlines that have been in the papers lately.
0: (laughs) You never know, right? Yeah. But like, I would want to see something that's actually, I don't want to use the term factual, but like, based in some realm of reality, right? Like, yes. And I, I think like the headline that I just gave out is probably so outlandish that, most people would be like, yeah, uh-huh, sure. But then we look at what's been going on in our media recently, right? Like mm-hmm. we, you know, you can, we, let's go back to the Freedom Convoy, you know? So, all right, Tamara Leach, she has um, ties to the Maverick party. And then, so apparently um, Pat King has said something on his, I don't know if it was a podcast or whatever, but he said something on his live stream that was misconstrued or, or could have been edited in some way That made him say something that he didn't, or at least he's claiming that he didn't say. Right. Correct. So it's like, how far back do we have to go to dig up dirt to then label an entire movement of millions of people, horrible things, Mm -hmm. right? Like we could look at our prime minister, Justin Trudeau and be like, okay, well, he did blackface. There's been, I think three times that he's done that, or at least three different times that he's four, four or more okay, well, there's been four times, right? And, and like, you know, like, okay, so now we're willing to just write off of his history and just be like, no, no, he's a great person. Like, I don't know, like, to me, there's, there's that level of like, personal accountability in the sense of like, when you're writing, and I mean, maybe these journalists are believing what they're writing. But like you said, it comes down to that non-biased or unbiased type of view, right? Like, I want to be able to make my own decision on that. I don't want the media swaying me one side or the other because of the tone that they're writing in. you know? Correct. And I think when you're plugged into the mainstream media grid, especially depending on which, like we see it a lot in, in the States, right? If you watch CNN, you have this view. If you yeah. watch Fox, you've got this view Yeah. and it's yeah. very like very political at times. I'm so polarized. And very, very polarized. So it's interesting to see. And I, I mean, I can see it here. Like my dad usually watches Fox. My mom usually watches CNN. So it's like, I can see <laughs> it dead, like vastly different. I'm so glad they're separated because <laughs> living together would have been hell through this entire pandemic. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: you know, like it's interesting and it's see- like being able to see that and like, I don't watch the news. I barely keep up with it. The fact of being so disconnected from it means that I have an easier time discerning, whoa, that's really outlandish or that's really random or weird or like really far left or far right leaning, like what is going on here? And then being able to look at other news sources, whether that's still mainstream media or not, and kind of discern what might be going on, right? Because every news source you look at says a different story. Mm Mm-hmm
1: yeah it's um I couldn't imagine teaching in a classroom at, in these last two years um probably would have gotten fired for my opinions but that's fine um so it, happened. <laughs> it, it really it really makes me it makes my heart hurt a little bit that we're really leading a lot of youth astray because we are so infirm in our own beliefs and I would love to know when teaching became like My understanding of teaching was that, and I actually think I even had a teacher tell me this in junior high, like when I was in junior high, that it is their job to present information in an unbiased way. Somewhere that shifted. Because when I became the teacher in a classroom, I could see other, I don't even wanna call them colleagues because they were just people in the same building where I worked. I, I, I can't associate them as a colleague. They were just another teacher in the building, not following through with being unbiased. Now there's a way to present the information as unbiased and then insert your opinion afterwards. But then there's also a huge disconnect with what I've been seeing is teachers making their students wrong for believing anything that just, dis- away from the actual narrative. And that's where I really want to like, mm-hmm. some teachers need to give their head a shake. Like they really do. And that's one of the things that it's like, I, for me, I mean, maybe I'm not great at it either. Like I would like to think that if I was in a position where I was getting called out, so to speak, for my for my view on something, that I would take the time to allow my students to decide for themselves, give them all of the information, give them my opinion, allow them to hear other people's opinions. But what I'm actually seeing, I'm hearing from other from former students of mine who are now in in late in like the higher grades, like you know grades eight, nine, and and upwards, that their teachers are not necessarily doing that, and it's like. We're kind of at a disservice to our students here, and we're not allowing them the opportunity to develop their discernment. Mm -hmm. Never mind even teaching it, they're just not even giving them the opportunity to develop it. And I think I, I can see the education system being one of the many chips to fall away and crumble, along with what's happening with our government systems and the financial systems and all of that stuff. And cancel culture plays a big role in that because it's really easy to just click on follow or block somebody or tell them they're wrong and then erase them from your existence. But that also is a disservice to our discernment because then you're continuing to only get the information that confirms your own bias. And as hard of a pill it is to swallow sometimes to fee- to hear a someone else's opinion, the key is to not take it personal and I'm working on that. But at least I can still at least sit with that alternate opinion and take a breath and wonder where they're coming from before i spin out on in my own stupidity or, or i should say that let's recall that but like spin out in my own arrogant bias sometimes where i'm right you're wrong wants to play play out again you know and realize like wait a second this person has a valid experience and let's figure out where they're coming from in that experience like but that only happens when i'm communicating with somebody that i know well that I'm like okay wait I have to like bring them back to being a human because I think in the last two years and council culture has really allowed for a lot of dehumanization of others and the vilification of others where there are people in my neighborhood that I don't even want to have a conversation with because it's always argumentative because they're so stuck in that mindset that it's there's there's no middle ground there anymore and we need to bring back that middle ground and I think it's time we stop burning bridges and we start building them
0: Completely agree, right? Like it's, I can look around just in my life and see that there are certain topics that should not be broached with certain people in my life. Because if you do and you fall on the wrong side, you're instantly demonized, you know, and told that you're wrong when it's not a matter of being right or wrong. It's a matter of like, where can we come for compromise? You know, and and again, saying the thing, your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. There is no right or wrong. It's just whatever is right for you, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting too. um, There was something I was going to add about the education system. Um, Oh, for for lack of starting us down a path of rantiness, um, and I mean, like my husband tells us, tells us, tells me this all the time, um, that it's basically the education system as we know it right now is more indoctrination than anything right i would agree with that 100% it teaches you how to be a really good employee Yeah, you come in you have to ask to go to the bathroom you eat at certain times you have to do certain work you know even and i know we've had this conversation before too like even you know young young grades like you're you're fighting i mean like the idea of me sending not necessarily sending my 2 year old to school but like the idea of sending my 2 year old when she's eventually old enough to go to school to a school that like has her following certain directions. like she's lived a very free life in terms of like the only consistency that we have is we usually eat lunch somewhere between 11 to 12, and then we have a nap after and you know she wakes up anywhere between three to four and then we you know have dinner at a certain you know certain time range as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't control what we do when we do it and how we do things. You know and I mean, Even with that, like, I mean, it's nice to have a kind of consistent schedule, but I also wonder how much of that is actually, you know, forcing her into a box as well. You know what I mean? Like, I've been toying with that because I need to be living more of a fluidy, fluid, flowing, fluid type of life and not so much a structured life because my soul screams for flow. And my logical brain goes, no, we must have schedules.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's an interesting concept for sure. And I think that if anyone is ever wondering how to live in flow, they definitely need a toddler in their life because toddlers don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) They don't. And it's so beautiful. It's really, they really do live in flow. And it's kind of funny to watch kids at that age when they know they're using their language to coerce you versus when it's genuine like I can tell when the, the kids that I nanny for when they're telling me that they're hungry because they want attention versus when they're actually hungry mm-hmm. you know and it's kind of cute but it's it kind of falls in the tone of their voice and their body language and also having an awareness of when they also had their last snack or and whatnot but um To go in the flow, like for me, I'm starting back on a more routine next week with returning to um, employment at a gym, and I haven't been in routine in two years. I've been going with the flow for two years, but my body actually craves routine. But I still want to be in control of my routine. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be an interesting adjustment. I'm pretty sure by Friday, I'm going to be napping on my couch, like. Uh, like typically like, like, oh, it's going to be great. And just being around the energy of other people too. And, and being in a hype environment again, like it's going to be a blast on my sensory, but that's fine. Um, but if more people could actually live in flow, like I would love to be able to homeschool my own children if I have any, and to let them lead the curriculum in a way that's going to allow them to grow. Like if your kid's never going to do anything beyond basic math why the fuck do we need to force feed these children into these classes that are never going to give them anything that they like i haven't touched calculus since i took calculus but i do understand how to how to like work with money and i i had to learn how to do taxes although it was an option i didn't take that stream of math right yeah so like i think for education for for education to be redefined it needs to look more at innovation but unfortunately those people in education right now are not innovative themselves and so how can you teach innovation if you don't have any experience in it and what i can see happening is a break a a breaking down of the education system in a way that we go back to a more homeschool and this may not happen quickly like i don't i don't see this happening right away Mm -hmm. but i can see it happening in a within a generation or two um you know, like kids are being taught by other entrepreneurs how to run a business and what they're passionate about. And what if we were in a place where we could allow that child's interest in a certain aspect of science to flourish rather than sorry, it's not part of the curriculum, so I can't teach it? Like there's ways that you can bring a child's interest into the quote unquote curriculum that our province um is is benchmarking, but at the same time, really what is the value in that curriculum if like when I'm thinking about it, like our science kind of evolves. It talks about habitat, talks about trees. I'm talking about like early years. Like in kindergarten, you're supposed to know how to count up to a hundred. And I think backwards from 10, if I'm quoting correctly. Well, I have kids that are under the age of three that can do that with some assistance up to a hundred. But I have like, I can guarantee you, I have heard toddlers count forward and backwards to 10. And it's- So there you go. So why is that, why is that kindergarten curriculum? Kindergarten, you're already five and six years old. Like you should be beyond that actually. And I do think that our provincial curriculum, although it seems to be highly revered across the world for English curriculum, a lot of English second language programs will call upon the Manitoba curriculum for their information. I think there's a lot of, um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's good enough actually um it's it needs to be revisited and revamped in such a way that allows for more flow but then again the teachers also are coming from that compartmentalization so there needs to be a shift in the thinking and the approach with teachers as well and i don't know that that's going to take a generation or two i think
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's interesting too because like I don't know. I I have a toddler, right? Like I know she's two and a half actually at the end of the week on Friday. Friday? Yeah. I'm like, what day of the week are we? We're Saturday. (laughs) Yeah. On Friday next week, she'll be two and a half. Right. So it's like, I mean, not that I've spent a ton of time teaching her numbers and like, you know, teaching her the alphabet and things like that, but she can, I don't know, for some odd reason, she really likes counting. The funniest thing is if you don't help her she'll go one two three five seven she always likes to count odd numbers but she'll only go up to seven and I'm Oops. like, whatever it's just really fascinating um, maybe the cadence
1: of the way you say the words
0: maybe yeah because it's like one two three four five you know like everyone knows I to count to ten um, <laughs> But it's funny. And like, if you count with her, like if you say one, she'll say one and then you'll do two and two and three, you know, and like, you can actually get her to repeat numbers up to like whatever number you want to stop at. Um, you know, and like she, you can tell she kind of has a, a grasp of it up to 20 in the sense of she, like, sometimes she'll just randomly say like 17, you're like, okay, 17, what. You know, but it's, it's fascinating how little children's brains work, right? Like when they kind of grasp things and like, one of the things that people often applaud my daughter for is having a very large vocabulary, you know, like I don't mince my words when that's not the right phrase to say, but like, I don't use small baby language with her. I talk the way that I normally talk. Um, And so like (laughs) one of her favorite words right now is fascinating. (laughs) She was looking at a doorknob and she was playing with the doorknob and she noticed when you pulled down on the doorknob the little i don't know what you want to call it the latch piece goes in and she's like huh and then just out of nowhere she's like fascinating And i'm like oh are you figuring out how a doorknob works like part of me wants to take it apart to teach her how it works but i don't want to destroy my doorknob um, <laughs> yeah that's fair because i would do that and then i'd be like i don't know how to put it back together <laughs> But <laughs> don't call him a husband. Help me, husband. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I broke I, the door for a teaching <laughs> experiment. He would be all for that too. Like he was setting up doors for um, he's back in school. So he had to set up doors for my den space. Well, currently his office space eventually yeah. will be my office space. Gotcha. Um, and my little girl, I have to tell you this really cute story because it's just really super adorable. So we have a steps tool, but it's downstairs in the basement that's all dusty because like we're doing drywall down there. Um, so he my husband just brought a chair over, like my super tippy like sobriety chairs, as I call them. Like the ones oh, where if you leave far, you like yeah. fall over. Right. Yes, so he's he's using chairs. one of those to stand and like drill um, he was drilling something down into the top of the door so he could put like a latch so that it can like yeah. you know, it only goes so far because it's French doors. So my daughter, seeing what my husband is doing, goes. Um, I'm not going to be able to say it verbatim because, like, I could originally, but now it's not as clear in my memory. But she basically goes, "Oh, Papa, tippy chairs. I help." And she goes over and she's holding the door or the holding the chair for him, which is just like the cutest thing. But oh, she God. watched him the entire time that weekend because I was having I was doing nights, so I was sleeping during the day. She watched him use all of his power tools throughout that entire like weekend, learning how to put up doors and learning how to do certain things on the doors. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can tell she's really interested in learning how to put things together and how they work. Like you can just see like the little gears working in her brain going like, how does that work? You know, and so I, I get what you're saying, like in terms of like, if we can explore that. I know at home, we'll definitely be exploring those, um, those, you know, interests and things like that. Like she's really interested in dinosaurs. So I'm like, cool, let's go and get some dinosaur books. Let's learn more about dinosaurs. There's an event coming up in in Winnipeg that's about dinosaurs. I'm like, if it's a possibility that we can go, let's go. Um, and then like, even too, like she really likes moving her body and things like that. And now that we're starting to open up and, you know, restrictions are relaxing. I'm a little bit more comfortable about taking my child out to various environments. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I love the idea. Like I used to be hardcore. I think I told you this before, but I used to be hardcore against the idea of homeschooling my child. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. I don't have time for it, Yeah. but over the last two years and having my child and knowing like how the school system is actually working. And like how easily disrupted it can get. I'm actually more for homeschooling and like, I don't know how to phrase it. It's not quite homeschooling, but it's like group-based learning. Yep. Like homeschool groups or something like that. Or like even forest school, like Mm I am all for putting her in a forest school, you know, a couple days a week so that she goes out and she can still interact and learn different things. But then also me teaching her and allowing her to explore her interests. And I think part of that comes from the Montessori style of parenting that I want to do. Mm -hmm. But also too, knowing that in school, like not that I was bored, but like if we hit a, you know, a topic in school that like I already grasped or I understood, there was no incentive to learn further. Or if like
1: like me, I didn't care about the topic, no mm -hmm. incentive there either.
0: Yeah, right. Like you just, okay, cool. I guess I memorize facts and then I write my test, you know, and like, even, even with the program that we're doing right now, like there's like, I'm very interested in learning deeper and like exploring deeper, but because I don't have that intrinsic, like I've never grown up exploring deeper into those interests. I'm just like, cool. It would be really great to be able to do that. And then I just like, don't, you know what I mean? Like, I think if you could instill that in your child earlier, they might be more passionate about exploring deeper into different topics, right? Like if, Mm -hmm. if my daughter tells me that she wants to learn about whales one day, I'm like, sure, I will bring you out all of the whale books, you know, like, let's learn about marine biology, let's learn about different things, you know what I mean?
1: And it becomes an immersive experience, which is what children Mm -hmm. thrive on. And I wonder how many child quote unquote prodigies have we silenced and shut down because we've forced them into the box of public education. Right. Where you know, you're mitigating a whole large group of kids with different learning abilities and not the ability for any one specific child to thrive. Mm-hmm. You know, like what, if, like, cause we're so worried about trying to get them all to thrive. Well, it doesn't work that way. Kids don't work that way. There's always going to be kids left behind especially if you have a classroom of larger than 20 yeah your one teacher just can't be there all the time and even the school day the way that it's broken down like i found it super frustrating when i was teaching kindergarten because we only had a short amount of time to begin with and then like my music block or my phys ed block was in the middle of something so i couldn't have an immersive experience where they were in the learning and they were just doing something really cool scientific all day all morning long and then clean up and then go because we would have to stop for recess we would have to stop for for music we would have to stop for this thing and have to stop for that thing and it's like then the announcements would come and like it just it drives me crazy like you're there's so many so many interruptions Mm -hmm. that no wonder people have a hard time concentrating i as a teacher had a hard time concentrating and i was the one facilitating like and to have these little minds in the room they're like also likely scared about their first experiences in school too like I just think we've really missed the mark. And I understand the original intention for education and the blueprint of it did have value at the time that it was developed, but we're on a different paradigm now, and education is not. Mm-hmm so it's going to get left behind rapidly and I kind of see a trajectory of more privatization of schooling happening where you do see more for school pop-ups or arts and and theater pop-ups where young kids can take that as their education experience and it's easy to intertwine math and learning or sorry and reading and like English skills into those programs but not have to be the forefront of okay well this is the English block and now you have to do silent reading for 20 minutes like this kid, maybe, maybe this kid didn't sleep well the night before or hasn't had proper nutrition on that day. You think they're going to be reading? No, they're either going to be fidgeting or they're going to be nodding off in their chair. That's not a valuable use of, of their time. That doesn't provide education for them at all. It literally is like, this is what happens when you don't pay attention or when you do pay attention. Like, and even like the rewards, quote unquote, punishment aspect of education too. Like your good behavior is rewarded and your bad behavior is not. That's also old paradigm what happens when there is no right and wrong and it just is and maybe this kid is having a hard time regulating let's take a look at why you know like is there something happening in their family that they need support with is there something happening physically that they need support with that they can't bring to words yet because they weren't given the proper language for that right so i would really like to see how cancel culture is going to play into that if we continue to just shut down all the things that somebody decides doesn't work, like it's, it's a, it's a wild time. That's for sure. It's a very wild time we live in. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting to see how things are going to shake up and come down and who knows?
1: Well, I mean, I can dream about it, but I don't know that i'm the one that's gonna i mean i'm just gonna keep plugging away at what i'm already doing and support in the shifts where and when i can and um maybe it is this generation of kids that are in school right now especially with what's happened with the pandemic and the way things have been handled where they're going to come out and, and roaring and say hey these are actually what's important in life and this is how we are going to shift things because i do think it's going to be this group of kids that Are going to say this sucked and it's never going to happen again and we're here to fix it instead of experience it the way that it has been so there is hope for that that is for
0: sure yeah that's I really hope that there's going to be some changes but again too like I said I'm actually leaning more on the side of homeschooling than anything or at least putting my child in a in a more Montessori style or Waldorf style school, right? Like one that actually follows the child versus this mm-hmm. is the curriculum we're learning. So.
1: That's that's fair. I do like Montessori um, from what I've learned about it. Waldorf also interests me for sure. Anything nature-based, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. I think that if it was my own kids, I would just wing it in the sense of like I have an education degree. I know what the curriculum benchmark should be. I can play with that. Is what their interests are.
0: Well, you know, I'm going to be asking you anyway.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I'm here for it. Absolutely. Like,
0: well, it doesn't bother
1: me in a small group.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, we've, we've talked about it, like even on our individual conversations, right? Like we've talked about like what it would look like to educate my child up to grade six, you know? Yeah. And like when I actually sat down and thought about it, I'm like, yeah, no, they're, you're not wrong. I don't know if I'd necessarily teach her French, but she's definitely going to be learning her, you know, second language, you know. with my Well, dad. I mean,
1: we had French when I was in school, and I learned more in, so um, as a teacher in Manitoba, you're able to take a program called MiniFit, mm-hmm. or which is French immersion for teachers. And honestly, even though I was in my 30s, when I started learning it, I picked up a fair amount in a short period of time. So I mean, it's cool to have a second language, but what if she wants Spanish or what if she wants Italian or what if she wants to learn Mandarin?
0: I've I've got, I have thoughts on Mandarin, but we won't go there. (laughs) Um, But yeah. Any language
1: that uses symbolism as their language is super interesting. The imagery of their, of their lettering and the way that the the brushstrokes of Mandarin language is very beautiful actually.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, if you, if you look at our family history, right? Like we're, her family's Polish more than half of her family lives in Poland. She's going to have to learn, well, not that she has to, but there's a huge push for her to learn Polish. Yes. And so it's it's very likely that if she does have a school experience, sadly, it's going to be Polish school. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> sadly. Sadly, <laughs> But I mean, hey, like, I, I don't know, there's, there needs to be conversations about that because, you know, whatever. We haven't decided, obviously we have not decided the fate of my child yet, the but hey, my ch- <laughs> there's, there's some conversations that need to be had. Yeah. Actually, you know, just, um, but yeah, it's entertaining. Um, I... Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> okay, so what's something we can, you know, say that's positive to kind of... Yeah. Like, round out this episode not that it was doom and gloom i feel like this had some really interesting like flow to it yeah Um, absolutely um i don't know i think
1: i think with all the chaos that's going on in the world right now and all of the things that we're seeing being brought to the surface like you said at the beginning of like the akashics are showing like earth's akashics akashics are showing if we end up with a flood this year in our province that's that's an interesting thing to track into record wise
0: first (laughs) right like
1: we're predicting that there's likely some kind of level of flooding i hope that there is no property damage or anything like that or like no lives lost obviously i was sandbagging in 97 i still have suffered from back pain from that so clearly if that's coming up this year i have some things to track and heal in my lower back area um but at the same time like as the world sees and feels like chaos, we have to recognize that it's actually just those old paradigms crumbling in real time. What we kind of knew inherently that were sort of predicted amongst many spiritual groups and different channelers across the world in the last two years are now coming to fruition and we're in it. And so if you're putting any weight at all into the value of those predictions, let's not get caught up in the chaos of it and realize that everything does have a plan and everything is rolling out the way that it was kind of intended. And yes, we could maybe take a quantum jump from this timeline to that timeline, but rather than getting caught up in that, what are you doing to make sure that you're on your own trajectory that is for your highest good? Because the fastest way to snap out of all these old paradigms is to work on your inner. Like we have to pull, I think, out of the macro a little bit, because I think, on the macro scale, it's going to be a little crazy this year. And so I'm keep, I continue to keep reminding myself to ground myself back into the micro of myself and what it is that I need to do to make my own shifts within my own, my own body, my own life and operate from that space rather than from the chaos that the collective is trying to, you know, bring us into.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely realized like most of February I was bypassing just by the collective craziness that was happening in Canada. And what I mean by that is I was completely ignoring everything that I needed to do, Mm -hmm. um, for my own self and my own highest good. So I lost an entire, well, almost an entire month for nothing. Like if I, I don't know, I'm kind of frustrated with myself for that, but then in the same token, I'm kind of like, you know what, like, there's probably a reason for that. Maybe I, and like, Maybe it was to draw attention to the fact that I can get easily sucked into things because I don't want to look at my own shit. Mm -hmm. One last thing I'll say, well, not one last thing, but like one thing that I found, I um, was doing a silent session pod with um, um, one of our friends and uh, we were doing, um, we were kind of talking after we did, like she did the, the codes on me and we were, what did we talk about? Where was I going with this? I hate when that happens. Interesting, though, because this happened when we were tracking it too. Because um, we were tracking into um, something that was related to myself and me not wanting to step out and actually be the person that I came here to be. And as we were tracking into it, both at the same time, I guess we hit the same resonance field and we just were like completely distracted. And then, like, our entire track, like our entire tra- um, trajectory that we were tracking, gone. And we had to like rewind back to where we had originally started tracking it to try and track it again. So there's That's something like there. interference. Yeah, there's something there. I think it's, if I feel into it, I think it's me. Like, I'm pretty sure I am my own block, but there's a real, like, there's something going on with that because we were tracking into, um, like why I'm so scared to step into my power and myself. Mm-hmm and oh, that's where I was going with that track. Okay. So uh, we were talking about the differences between like the level one of our program to level two and how a lot of people had had um, lots of different, you know, clearings. I, I wouldn't want to call them surface level stuff, but like stuff that was already prominent in their lives throughout level one. And they were clearing that and doing all the work there. And then now in level two, it's like, we're doing the deeper stuff. Well, I kind of just like, Not that I floated through level one, but I didn't really have a lot of surface stuff. Like I didn't have a lot of like the, you know, mother line stuff or like, I don't know, Hey, there's a corridor contract here. That's affecting me. You know, like I kind of floated through that without having to do too much clearing work. Mm -hmm. And now that we've hit level two and we're digging deeper into it, I'm noticing that a lot of my crap that is here to be cleared is deeper, more subconscious stuff that needs to be looked at. And it, it like, when I try and track it on my own, it's not as easy for me to clear and work on because I'm seeing it from my own lensing, right? Yeah. And I, like I said, I think I'm blocking myself from being able to see the exit. Exit meaning like the way out of it, not actually like exiting. Yeah. Um, so I need to have that type of pod situation for people to ask me different questions,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, to really get under what the hell I'm trying to like not do. Right. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds really cryptic, but I'll explain a little bit later.
1: Oh, no, uh, I understand what you're saying. Cause I have a similar experience where in the first, in the first level, I was doing all my own human um, Akashic stuff. Mm-hmm. And this the second round for me, I'm noticing a lot of collective energy being brought forth. And I, I, I do agree with you that I am at the point where sometimes when I'm not willing to look at my own shit, although I'm finally at the point where I'm sick of my own shit that I need to clear, um, I'm realizing that there's a collective thread attached to it, but I do need that group setting where more than one person is bouncing ideas off of me so that we can hit all of the resonances and not just one. And it is challenging sometimes when you're looking at the lensing of yourself to be the observer when you're so emotionally attached or uh, into a story of some kind that you've bought into for so long.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, very interesting. Anyways, before we go on too, too long. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that was, I mean, that was a very interesting ride for many of our listeners today. And I yeah. think, I don't know. I just, I feel, I oddly feel gen, like generalized. Wow. what Energized. That's the word I was looking for. <sighs> I've been coming up with the weirdest words recently. Um, yeah. but I feel oddly energized right now like i don't know there's this weird i don't feel like it's chaotic type of energy but i just feel like there's like a surge of energy and it's like catching me in a way that i don't quite like i wouldn't normally if like i don't quite know where it's coming from but it's just like it feels like an energy surge that i have to like ride out almost like if i was surfing on the waves um, yeah. but yeah so hopefully this week. will. I'm glad I'm not like I work tomorrow, but then I'm glad I'm off for another week. So I'm glad that I'll just be able to like coast through the week. Um, yeah. So that'll be good. Hopefully most of this energy will kind of like die out. And then, I mean, we also have, we've crossed into Pisces season and I think we have a new moon this week. Mm,
1: yes. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, yeah, I'm sure that there'll be some interesting stuff going on with that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so, well, I don't know. (laughs) It's pretty much where I need to end it.
1: (laughs) When we're trying to get too wordy. Yeah. I hear you. Um, energetically wise for me, like, I feel like this buzz of like, I don't know if excitement is the right word, but like surge something like that as well. Um, we're kind of, I kind of see this, like we're rolling out the old paradigm and we're also ushering in the new at the same time. And it's kind of a matter of which wave you catch. Um, but I would say my advice, what's been flashing me, is that it's time uh, for us to stay grounded in our bodies because yeah. we've done a lot of jumping around in the last year.
0: Sorry, my husband just poked his head in and
1: scared the shit out of me. That's amazing. <laughs> I was like, that's a lovely algorithm interrupt.
0: Yeah, like I didn't quite see him, but I noted, like, I felt the energy hit, and I turned, and I was like, oh, no, I was expecting <laughs> to see someone, and then I was like, hold on, I'm still on camera. <laughs> That's amazing.
1: <laughs> so as I was saying, while Erin got knocked out of her grounding is to, to <laughs> make sure that we do stay grounded in um, in Earth's energy. Because I think that Gaia's got a lot to say this year. Mm-hmm. And if you can get yourself out into nature and you know continue to dream about what the kind of world is you want to see happening and and recognize that what is being shown to us that's really ugly on the world stage right now is only being brought up because it needs to clear out. So don't get caught up in it but mm-hmm. hold your ground hold on to your axis you like your body axis and and keep dreaming for what what kind of world you want the children to live in i suppose because that's kind of where we're yeah. at we're kind of rebuilding what that's going to look like for them so definitely anyways love y'all you, you know where to find us <laughs> <laughs> yep
0: <laughs> pretty much girl's guy
1: heal with erin mindy yep enter the vortex podcast love you all And we'll talk to you next week.
0: Yeah. Peace out. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. (sighs) Bye. Bye, guys.